And the winner is the Gossier. That's this podcast. And I'm Bridget. I'm Courtney. And Grace is out of town. So you'll just be with us this week. Let us shout out one of our Patreons. Her name is Ellen Airsome. She is a queen. She's been going through a bit of a rough time, but I just want her to know how loved she is. She is like one of the best friends I've ever had. She's always there for you when you need a bud. And she is just like, I just want her to know how much we appreciate her, me, all of her friends, and also the Gossier. Yeah, I appreciate you, Ellen. You sound cool as hell. Ellen, I love you. We love you. Thank you for being a Patreon. It means the Thank world Thank you, to Ellen. Us. And um, just consider this a virtual hug from us at the Gossier. And if you would like a shout out, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com the go- slash the Gossier. Hell yeah, baby. Join it. We want your money. Just kidding. Just give us $2 and you'll get a newsletter every week. It's great. Let's jump into our first segment, which is you have to tell me as it always is where we each bring in goss and explain it to each other and just, you know, enlighten each other on what's happening in the world. Bridget, you have to tell me Bob Saget died of a head injury. Yeah, so I thought I should do an update because we did talk about Bob Saget dying. I know this actually shocked me when I read it in the outline. Yeah, my sister is the one who sent the text like on a family group thread. And my mom was like the first one to respond with like, damn, not what I expected. Yeah, really? That's so sad. So what happened? So the autopsy showed that he had blunt head trauma. (gasps) And so the what they think had happened is that he must have fallen backwards at some point in time and no one was really there to witness it. And he just went to bed with a head injury and didn't wake up. That's horrible. That's really I really thought it was maybe going to be drugs or a heart attack or a stroke. I guess we knew it wasn't drugs, but, you know, I like the official autopsy. Yeah. Head injuries terrify me yeah that's like no joke it's making me think of one time i was working at summer camp and i smacked my head against a metal like uh bed frame because i was like very angry and i like threw my head back in exasperation and it hurt so bad and luckily i went and saw the nurse and she like looked at me to make sure like nothing was bad but like just thinking of getting a head injury and then being like oh it's probably okay and then going to sleep and then dying that's horrifying Yes. Or, um, and I think you're kind of a true crime person. I was going to say, is there any way this was murder? Well, I was going to say people who hit their head and you don't die. And then they have like a whole personality change. Oh, right. Yeah. They become like a total sociopath. Yes. That also freaks me out. (laughs) Yeah. That is crazy. When I listen to, I am a big fan of true crime. And whenever I listen to a story and they're like, well, when he was five, he fell off a slide and everyone's like, oh boy, you know what that means? Yeah. Yeah. They really can fuck you up. Seriously. That's sad for Bob. Sad for Bob, but I'm glad the family has some sort of closure in terms of like knowing how he went and what. Yeah. 
was involved because it was very surprising. I mean, 65 is like the new 45. <laughs> like, Courtney, you have to tell me Marjorie Taylor Greene says gazpacho instead of Gestapo. <laughs> Yes, as we all know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is literally an abomination to this world, is obsessed with comparing literally everything to the Holocaust. And she, for someone who does it all the time, she clearly knows like nothing about the Holocaust, nor how to to pronounce any of the words surrounding the Holocaust. So um, Marjorie Taylor Greene was in an interview on uh, Real America with Dan Ball and in reference to the ongoing investigation into January 6th, she says, not only do we have the DC jail, which is the DC gulag, but now we have Nancy Pelosi's Caspacho police spying on members of Congress, spying on the legislative work that we do, spying on our staff and spying on American citizens. And as everyone who has a brain knows, Caspacho is soup and Gestapo is the secret police that were active during the Nazi era who rounded up um, people that Hitler hated and wanted to kill. Bridget, you have to tell me Bender's voice won't be revived. Yes. So after months of negotiations, Hulu will be picking up the show Futurama, which I'm sure we've all seen tons and tons of Futurama because it's one of those syndicated cartoons that it's one of the shows my boyfriend will watch while I fall asleep because I don't care for it. Um, but he loves it. So he's super, super thrilled by this. I'm kind of excited too. Cause, um, I like, I remember watching it in real time, like when it first started and it was like, Oh, this cartoon is new and weird and different in a fun way. Um, but they're not bringing back the actor who does Bender's voice. The reason I'm not bringing back John DiMaggio, who voiced Bender, was because there was just a standstill with his negotiations. So instead of reaching some sort of agreement, they wanted to move forward, and now they're recasting. I think he probably thought he had a lot of leverage. I mean, think about it from a standpoint of, like, the... You know, the nerds, the nerds that really watch this show and are deep into the lore of it are, are the people who are going to like, you know, Comic-Con and right. going to these huge conventions where they're going to see John DiMaggio. They're selling autographs or signing things maybe for free, but basically keeping the lore of the show alive. And then the one right. guy who's probably making a good gig doing that. Is the one not returning? It just seems kind of like uh, they fucked up. Yeah, you think that the show is going to suffer from this? I don't know. I think, I think overall, maybe not. Especially since a lot of the original cast is coming back. But I think it's going to definitely be weird and even though they are recasting it might be one of those things that whatever john was demanding 
he might renege on. Oh, just because, yeah, maybe. Because I know think- that's sometimes a ploy that gets used in casting. Oh, really? Where they're like, okay, fine. It's just like being withholding. Just like, okay. Yeah. Oh, you want that? We're not going to give it to you. It's fine. We have a whole line out the door. Exactly. Courtney, you have to tell me the Harvard administration is under fire. Yes. So this week, three graduate students at Harvard named Margaret Serwinski, I might be fucking that up, Lilia Kilburn and Amula Mandava filed a lawsuit accusing the school of ignoring years of sexual harassment by one particular professor who is like in the anthropology slash South Africa division. Like, I guess he's an anthropology professor, but he also has um, a specialization in teaching about South Africa. And he has been, has had complaints lodged against him for years. And the students followed, uh, filed a lawsuit in federal court in Boston uh, this week, right after Harvard placed this professor named John Kamaroff um, on administrative leave because they were doing an investigation into his conduct. He is alleged to have kissed and groped students without their consent, made unwelcome sexual advances, and threatened to sabotage students' careers if they complained. And these three students who filed this lawsuit are among multiple students who reported the professor before to Harvard officials, but Harvard sat idly by as the professor literally retaliated against them by ensuring that the students would have trouble getting jobs once they finished their program. So... Harvard conducted an investigation into this guy who has been having a lot of complaints. It should also be noted that before he worked at Harvard, he worked at U Chicago. Go Chicago. Just kidding. Go Northwestern. Um, and while he was there, he also was like just complained against like multiple times for having inappropriate sexual relationships or sexual harassment in his classrooms, et cetera, et cetera. So this is like the dude's thing. It's even said that when he was in, um, where did I put this note? When he was, okay, in 2017, he was at like a dinner with some alumni and he compared himself to Harvey Weinstein saying, quote, they're coming for me next. So it's like he was well aware of his, I know, it's so disgusting. So Harvard conducted an investigation into his behavior. And during that investigation, it obtained Kilburn's private therapy records without her permission and then showed them to the professor during the investigation. So basically it's understood that this investigation was not fair or equitable. Or so anything. is Harvard like the new Catholic church? It sounds like or it. Academia, like right. I'm just going to go to a different university. Right. Like, yeah, truly they're just being like quietly dismiss him and be like, you should just go somewhere else. And of course he just like fails upward from you, Chicago to Harvard. Also, it's um, nuts, like the South African anthropology teacher, like Harvard couldn't find another guy. They're like, look, no one's really studying South Africa. Right. And this is the only guy like this guy is pervert, has managed to find such a niche topic to teach that no one else really wants to be the expert in. And then Harvard has to weigh well, we have the only expert in South African anthropology. So can we get rid of him? Like, right. Because everyone knows South African anthropology is in high demand. Right. It's 
yeah. And what was really, I mean, on top of an already interesting and fucked up story, uh, what else is interesting is that this whole issue, this investigation and his behavior has divided the faculty with 40 faculty members signing onto an open letter that questioned the investigation and called the professor, quote, an excellent colleague. Oh, so kind of defending no. him or not kind of defending him. And then 80 faculty members then signed a counter letter saying that they were dismayed at the 40 faculty members who signed the open letter. And they were dismayed that they would align themselves against students who lodged complaints against a professor, which like, obviously, and it's I just want like, to see to like the, like the, what do you call that? The identity politics of the 40 who are signing. Oh, like him. a demographic breakdown. Yeah. Cause like, like a I bunch feel of like, white men. yeah, the 40 has to be like all white guys or like older, older, um, tenured professors, right. That are like right. worried about job loss. Right. And then the 80 are like all adjunct professors and people of color. Right. I know that's actually interesting. I wonder if there's a demographic breakdown, but yesterday while I was like doing some research on this, uh, it had just broken that nearly all of the professors who signed on to that open letter have since retracted their statements. And they claim that they were quote, lacking full information about the case when they signed on to the letter. Well, I think like, so did you watch the chair? No, but I want Everybody to I has love to watch Sandra. Chair. I oh. love it. She's great. Um, but, and, and this is my understanding too. I have some friends that work at universities mm. And it seems like there is this fear from an older generation of losing their jobs. Mm -hmm. Also, the interpretation of what's happening culturally now. And so there's this like this new standard of one, what students are holding their teachers accountable of and right. two, actually like speaking out and become having more of a reaction to it. Versus like before, you know, you're not going to get a job after this. Oh, I'm 22. I'm scared. Right. Shitless of that. So there's no longer that same leverage, especially with the affirmation that we should be hired. We should be holding people to higher accountabilities. So I kind of understand. I'm not saying like I empathize with the 40 sign you, on. You understand like the mindset that they're yeah, in. like they were probably felt threatened. Yeah. Well, this is another thing I was talking about when I was talking about it with my boyfriend was like, it's one thing for the college to not like fire him immediately. I understand that. Like, you know, the, I guess everyone deserves like an investigation or whatever, but it's like another thing for the university to ostensibly back him and not just be like, this is what's happening. And like, this is like, they just didn't have like, who's their PR team, Harvard yeah. hire me. I could be your PR team. As long as you let me work remote. Bridget, you have to tell me euphoria stars, Hunter Schaefer and Dominic Fike appear to be official. So this is one I thought was super cute because one, you and I both watch. Wait, do you watch Euphoria? No, I don't. I keep meaning to start every week. We talk about it. I'm like, I'm gonna start it this week. Maybe I'll actually start it this weekend. No, we watch. I was waiting. You watch because, Succession. That's yes, we're on the floor, baby. I got you. I love it. Um, my, I had to convince my partner to sort of go down that path with me. The usual rule is that sometimes you can't watch it on Sundays. If the Sunday scaries are bad, because oh. Every episode of Euphoria basically will make you anxious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
That's good to know. But in the blind items, Hunter Schaefer and Dominic Fike have been rumored to be a couple. But this last Thursday, Fike posted a picture to his Instagram story where he shares a smooch with Schaefer at a restaurant belatedly celebrating their birthdays. Dominic Fike has a lot of viral internet fame as being Mm. a musician. Um, He started making music on SoundCloud and and I think it was like three different countries. His music has reached the top tens and he was also part of like a Fortnite concert series. So I think younger people, people who play video games are very aware of who Dominic Fike is. So are you happy that this couple is together? I'm, I'm interested to know more because it does like at first when I started seeing the blind items, I was like, oh, this sounds like PRE. Like, mm-hmm. of course, these two hook up and right. then seeing how the plot line of the show is going. You're like, oh, even more juice. Oh, but, are they kind of an item on the show? Well, or maybe it's like a will they won't they yeah, there's intention exactly, there. OK, exactly. got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And so but now it feels I don't know. It's starting to feel really authentic to me. So I'm kind of excited to see how this plays out and to learn more about their relationship. It is time to move on to our middle segment, which this week is Valentine's Day. Um, Bridget, how do you feel about Valentine's Day? Do you like it? Do you observe it? Do you think it's stupid? I like it. I also like it. I hate to say it, but I think it's sweet. Like even when I was in college and single, I would like buy myself chocolates and oh yeah, wine and watch oh, bad movies. Best Valentine's Day was I think my sophomore year of college. Um, it was like two or three of my friends and I we were all single and we took ourselves to Lou Malnati's shout out Chicago style <laughs> pizza. Hell and yeah. then we each poured like a bottle of wine into our now jeans and went to go see the 50 shades of gray movie on like the night that it dropped. And nice. it was so much fun. It was great. I love doing something because it's so easy to be like, Valentine's day is stupid. Valentine's day is whatever. And like, I mean, I think it is stupid, but I personally enjoy it regardless of if I'm romantically involved or not. Yeah. I, I was talking to my partner about this. Cause he's like, I hate Valentine's day. And we're talking about like, why? And he's like, it just seems so fake. And I was like, I totally agree with that sentiment. But I think for me as an adult, I love any holiday because I just like a reason mm-hmm. to like, like do something different. Do, yeah. Yeah. Let's mix it up a bit. Valentine's Day. Let's eat chocolates. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys doing anything? We're not doing anything on the actual day, but Alex has plans for us on the 15th at night. He says it involves food or it's like food adjacent, but he won't give me any more details, but I did get him a gift. So I'm going to give it to him on Valentine's day. And, but other than that, I, we might like cook like in the past we've had, like, we've gone to the grocery store and gotten the like heart shaped steaks and he'll like oh, grill them. And it's like stupid shit like that, but we don't have anything big planned. I think that's the other thing is I feel like it has so much pressure on it to be like 
either like an amazing night or like you're sad in your pajamas crying all night. And if you just like take that out and you're just like, you, you make it, it's like a choose your own adventure. How do you want to have Valentine's day? Like, yeah. Yeah. Celebrate yourself or just be like, it is stupid. Like, cause maybe one year it is stupid to you, but then maybe one year it's fun. And I don't think that you need to make a hard decision one way or the other. Yeah. If you're one of those nuts that are like putting a crazy amount of pressure on this holiday, you you have, you, I just got to say, you should probably just go to therapy. Right. Right. Like it's just a fucking day. Right. And if it's a reason for me to add chocolate to my diet, fuck you. I'm going to do it. Right. Exactly. I'm going to do it. It's I'm going to eat my chocolate. I'm going to have a nice glass of wine. Yeah. We're doing a surf and turf at home. Are you? Yeah, I got a um, Eric Wareheim's cookbook, and there's like this insane-looking steak thing that he does with some fillets. So I'm like, uh, we definitely are gonna make that, and I'm making a shrimp cocktail. Oh, nice! That'll be great. I love a surf and turf. I there have been times also when Ralph's has um, lobster tails on sale. They're pretty small, but they're like six bucks a piece or something. And we've done surf and turf with um, steak, obviously, and lobster. And it is amazing. It's like the funnest, dumbest, like meal at home to make you feel like you're someone fancy. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Every time I've done it, I'm like, oh, who is she? She is wealth. I'm like in my ugliest pajamas and I'm like, ooh, she's a wealthy woman. treat yourself. Um, one of the funny things I read that you could do for Valentine's day, if you are a hater, if you are a hater, you maybe have an ex you're holding on to. There are several zoos that are offering for a donation to name a cockroach after your ex. That's fucking hilarious. I Which think is that- also, I feel like is encouraging witchcraft. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how cockroaches like what their role in witchcraft is, but I trust. I mean, some sort of manifestation, like if you're True, naming kind of a like cockroach doll yeah. kind of vibes. Yeah. Well, here's, I was going to say the one thing that would make this better is if they then shipped you the cockroach and you could kill it. Ooh, talk about <laughs> catharsis. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll donate if you murder the thing. Right. Exactly. And I get a video. You could kill it for me if you want. Do you have an ex that you dislike? You don't have to name them, but that you would uh, name a cockroach after? You know, this is how petty I am. I was thinking about this and I was like, you know what? I wouldn't even I wouldn't even put that burden on a cockroach. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to condemn that cockroach to this life. Exactly. Like that's fucking a cockroach awesome. is better than that ex. <laughs> I love that. That's hysterical. Would you? Um, well, so the fun fact about me is my current boyfriend is like the only person I've really been involved with in any serious manner. So I don't have like any exes that I hold any, I don't have any real exes. I don't have like a grudge towards people. I have some, like I've had flirtationships with people like high school, college that I would like maybe, but I don't care enough about them to donate to a zoo that I don't care about that much. (laughs) I also like to do this thing where um, I like to intentionally forget people's names that have upset me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's healthy. Just let it go. 
right? Oh, I don't it, need it's to just gonna like make your blood boil. Yeah, yeah. Or and it makes it. And this is like this is where I get a little hippity dippity. But I feel like when you remember like an ex's name or someone you don't like anymore, you're like giving them power, right? And if I don't like remember your name or think about you, then you have no power. So I'm taking yeah. away your power. I think that's fair. Yeah. Cause they have nothing over you. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it's more insulting to be like, oh no, like I don't think ill of you. I don't think of you. I just don't think of you. Babe. I just don't think of you. I'm, I'm sorry. I've moved on. I'm flourishing. I'm having surf and turf with my long-term partner on Valentine's oh, day. Yeah. I don't fucking need you. <laughs> don't need that shit. I don't need this energy. Get out of here. I have a question. Um, you have yeah. here something about Annette Benning uh, sharing what Warren Beatty gives her every year. Please expound. Fun fact, their son went to my, uh, was in school with me in college. Oh. So Warren Beatty was at my graduation, which I can share a fun story about that. But tell me about this. I, I'm interested in anything Warren Beatty because in the time of Warren Beatty's peak, he was like the Brad Pitt. Right? Yeah, he was so hot. So hot. Anyone he was remotely rumored to like grab coffee with, he was dating, you know, like it just, right. The paps loved him. Yeah. He was a big fucking deal. He ended up marrying Annette Benning, which I think shocked and surprised a lot of people, including Annette Benning. I think I heard her tell a story once about like how her expectations <laughs> dating him initially were really low. <laughs> right. Right. That's funny. Um, but she went on Kelly Clarkson's show because she's trying to promote that new shitty Disney movie about the Nile. <laughs> oh, call isn't it called The Nile? I think so. Yeah. There's a lot of people in it that are on the cancel. Army Hammer, right? Yes. Yeah. These one, Gal Gadot, oh, uh, Letitia Wright. They're like, who do we have? We have a net. Send a net. Yeah. So she's exactly. Yeah. People. I have seen blinds that Disney is like doing anything they can to like bury this movie because they're just like, there's no way anyone's going to go see it. Yeah. That's so fun. I'm definitely not going to see it. I probably wouldn't have either way because with a name called The Nile, that sounds boring as hell. Well, and I'm sure they're going to just like pump it into Disney Plus. Oh, so yeah. Like more people are going to end up seeing Disney it Plus. just because they pay for mm. Disney Plus. But they're not going to make as much money on it. Exactly. I guess. None I of the actors are going to win. I'll tell you that much. No. Um, but she went on. Kelly Clarkson promoting this movie and then was asked, I guess, about what they do for Valentine's Day. And her answer was, it's pretty no pressure. Valentine's Day is pretty low key. He generally makes me a little Valentine with just a little red felt pen and make a little heart. He's very economical in his message. Oh my God. He's so old. He can't write any more than that. And I'm like, I guess in the time of like Warren Beatty, that was probably like really romantic. <laughs> like, I mean, he's like the age of my grandfather. Here's the story from my graduation, which I love to tell at any uh, opportunity. So Warren Beatty's son graduated with me. We were in the same theater program, blah, blah, blah. He was nice. Barely knew him. He was very nice. Um, I hope he wasn't mean. I hope someone's not like, oh no, he was actually very mean. But Warren Beatty and I was like, Warren Beatty and Annette Benning were at our graduation. And I kept being like, when we had the like outdoor reception afterwards, I would just kind of like eye them. I was like clocking. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Those were probably like the most famous people I've ever been like near. Um, and then my grandfather, who was about Warren Beatty's age, 
walks straight up to him. He was also, my grandfather was a congressman for a very long time in like for the US House of Representatives. So he has like confidence and like talking <laughs> skills. And I also thought like, maybe he did know him. I don't know. Cause like he yeah. used to be friends with like the head of the academy, my grandpa, I, I don't, I don't fucking know. But he just goes straight up to Warren Beatty, puts his hand out, says, Warren, it is so good to see you. And Warren takes his hand and is like, thank you. It is good to see you too. And he was like, isn't this crazy? Your granddaughter's graduating, my son, but we're the same age. And they just like had a little back and forth as old men do. And then he was like, great to talk to you. And then they just like went their separate ways. And I just watched on in awe. I was like, whoa, granddad, that was ballsy. Just like pretend, like not even being like, hey, I'm a huge fan. Just being like, Hey man, so good to see you. Yeah. Like, so did they know each other? I know. I don't think so. Cause I asked my mom afterwards. She's like, no, that's at hilarious. least not that my mom knows. I'll have to ask my granddad, <laughs> but it was so funny to watch him just go up to him and be like, Hey man, it's like fr- from old man to old man, from yeah. octogenarian to octogenarian. It's almost like, like, a well, we've made it <laughs> right. Exactly. Look how far we've come. Exactly. <laughs> Who'd have thought? It was, it was wild though. I like kept clocking him. I wouldn't honestly be able to recognize Warren Beatty. Like just, Oh yeah. I don't think I, but I recognized Annette Benning. I was like, yeah, she's, she's stunning. She's new. Oh God. She's great. She's not new. She's, I mean, quite old, but she's very famous. Um, if Mike gave you a Valentine's with just a red felt pen heart on the inside, how would you react? I, I would accept it. Although we did get each other gifts and we, I did convince him to open one early. Oh, I was going to ask, did you already exchange it? It sounds like, you know, what the gifts and were. So I did get a nice, uh, Missouri. Oh, Missouri. I hear that they don't, uh, rub off on your skin. Uh, allegedly. That's nice. <laughs> um, so I got that. And then I have two other gifts, I guess, just waiting for Valentine's day. Incredible. And then I got him pants that's what he opened up and then the other one he'll hopefully get near valentine's day because i ordered it a little late oh okay so it hasn't come yet right it's on route what would you do if alex gave you a a felt heart i would probably just laugh because it just seemed like whether or not he did it on purpose to make me laugh i'd be like this is fucking funny and then i would frame it and i would put it on the wall yeah i mean that's the expectations should be that low you know what I mean like for sure the only I I actually kind of tricked Mike into get me jewelry this year by sending him forwarding him emails and saying <laughs> oh I already bought you a gift before I bought him a gift that's funny um I and I didn't think gift. it would work but hey well and that's a beautiful bracelet I'm excited to see what else you get thanks <laughs> Okay, now it's time to jump into our main topic, which this week is the Oscars. The Oscar nominations came out and we have a very special guest joining us this week to talk about the Oscars, my dear friend, Ben Weiss. Hello, happy to be here. Thank you so much for being here. Now- I know that you love the Oscars. I know that you just love like film in general, but can you just like give us a background on your relationship with the Oscars? Like what brought you to the Oscars? How long have you been following them, et cetera? 
This is very personal for me. Um, I have had a very tumultuous relationship with the Oscars. It's lots of ups and downs. Um, Honestly, I think I like had this Oscars book when I was in middle school and just one year decided, I mean, I'd already loved movies at this point, but one year decided to just like memorize everything. And I can't remember everything, but I can remember a lot still. But, um, and since then I literally, uh, I make predictions every year. I was very serious about it this year. Like I had my spreadsheet of all like my nomination predictions and I did pretty well there are some things I missed but um but yeah no it's a very serious thing and my boyfriend and I were like very intense about it this year we like got up early we got lattes we watched the nominations and like competed with each other it's very yeah there's lots of yeah and every year there's always a huge both on nominations morning and the actual obviously the actual evening there's always um surprises and snubs that you know I like cry about still to this day so <laughs> Amy Adams is never gonna get an Oscar it's Poor very woman. sad but also at this point sometimes it's just the projects that she's been yeah a, she's picking a lot of garbage I know she's been nominated for a Razzie this year it's like what a fall from grace what oh, is a Razzie what would she get a Razzie for um the woman in the window a Razzie oh yeah the, like it's like the awards for like the worst performances of the year yeah Stop. Yeah. yeah. No, I highly I recommend. Oh my God. I highly recommend looking up Halle Berry accepting her Razzie for Catwoman in person, which oh. is a great, a great, and, I mean, classic. They, they know that it's nominated for the worst. Perform- yeah. Like they know what it is. Yes. They're in on the joke. Okay. Yeah. It's Just, worst picture. Or, yeah. No, it's not. That is hilarious. <laughs> I will say before I met you, Ben, I don't think I knew anyone who would watch all of the Oscar content, like possible Oscar contenders before they were even nominated, like, you know, like just during the whole season. And it was when we were in college, you really inspired me to try to do that more. And in college, there was like a year where I think I saw like all but two, because I probably went with you. And since then I've been so bad. Yeah. Literally Ben's impact. It's a lot easier now than in the past to know ahead of time, like, oh, this is going to be nominated. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I think like there's the, the blogosphere and, and just like, I don't know, there's a lot of literature on the internet now every year yeah. when Oscar campaigns begin. Yeah. And I also that's think how like, I've watched most of, most of them. Yeah. Like people are always surprised because I'm not a big nerd, but I mean, nerd with love, but, um, but people have been like, I can't believe you've seen all of these. And it's like, well, I, they're saying it might get nominated. So <laughs> Some right. of it's also streaming, right? Like yeah. more and more is available on streaming. I and do that's love that. Eligible now. I was going to yeah. say if 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 it's on streaming, I have a much higher chance. I've been struggling with movies recently, just like I feel like my attention span is not there. But um, I did watch Nomadland last year, and I really wish I hadn't. <laughs> I also think like movies are not as good as I don't know. I guess that's always hard to say because movies kind of suck in general. <laughs> But, it's hard in like the when we have like the conversations of like the golden age of television and all yeah. that and whatever that is and it's like mm. yeah there's so there's also just so much content that it is hard I mean I still obviously love movies but I love I love TV too it's 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 too hard to love TV there's a lot of competition of like and I think like in the when the indie films were like a huge thing 
that was when you were like, oh, this is probably going to be a good movie because it had a low budget and everybody involved is like so creative. And now they've done a better job of employing people who would previously been under indie houses and making those more mainstream that yeah, a lot of the oh. mainstream movies are better quality than 10 and 20 years ago. Yeah. It's also, yeah, it's really interesting that there's, I mean, we can have a lot of, we can go on a big tangent about this, but there's like a lot of, um, I don't know, there's interesting conversations about indie filmmakers who then get like a Marvel movie, like Chloe Zhao, who directed yeah. Nomadland, did Eternals this year. And it's just like this oh. weird sort of um, kind of overlapping of those worlds, which I guess is a good thing. I mean, yeah, it's like better quality for for those big movies. That's also. interesting. Um, my friend worked on that new Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum movie. What is it oh. called? Um, I saw an I saw a poster for that, but yeah, I it's called like it's called. the Lost Room, or I, I feel bad that I'm not remembering it because she worked really hard on it. Anyway, she was telling me that the directors, I think it's like a co-directors or something for that movie, were like from indie like they just used to do their own shit and then they finally got in front of the right person or something and got assigned this like huge film so that's i didn't realize that yeah, that is just like a crazy. general phenomenon yeah it really is that's happening wow i didn't know that chloe even directed eternals oh yeah but i, I had a friend Clinton. who hated that movie the eternals and they, he was like so did you watch nomadland and i was like yeah he's like was that good? Because the eternal sucked. And I was like, I'm gonna be honest with you. No, not worth watching. <laughs> I really did I not did. like, I Nomadland. did like Nomadland, but I have to say that when I saw it, I saw it at the New York film festival, which was like a drive-in that year. Cause it was COVID. Um, I mean, we're still in COVID, but at that point it was so soon right. that, you know, yeah. right. So, um, so like you were in a car watching that movie, you kind of felt like you were her. Like oh, it was that a really does sound, that actually does experience. sound like a vibe. And to be yeah. fair, Ben did warn me ahead of time when I said I was going to watch it. He was like, I don't think you're going to like it. Yeah, I was like, this is not for And you. I it's looked at my phone. That that I thought that it yeah. had been on for an hour and I looked at my phone and only 20 minutes had passed. I was like, what is happening? Well, and I think <laughs> there's some, some interesting problematic things that would have informed the story more that was like mm. it seemed like conveniently tossed aside like they could have held amazon more accountable yeah possibly. stuff like yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> like some of that i think is a little extreme like a lot of the criticism i read about licorice pizza this year i was like okay whatever you know it's funny because wait so are we licorice pizza stands it's i'm not i haven't I have watched no. it but i really want to I I'm worried about the thing, the like sexual thing. Oh, it's not even it's not, it even not that thing. bad. It's okay. not. But the end is like this is totally written by a straight guy who still is obsessed with his teenage years. And yeah. so the ending was like very sour in my mouth. I didn't, you know, it's um it's funny because I, I really like a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson films and I like a lot of his early stuff. And this sort of felt like it was going to be like that. Yeah. But it was very, I mean, I just had trouble with it, it meanders intentionally and doesn't really have a plot. And I don't usually, um, that doesn't usually bother me. Um, 
necessarily, but for whatever reason, as I saw it, I just didn't take to it in the same way, but I thought it was very well made. Mm. Um, yeah. In terms of the, yeah. In terms of the conversations about like the, the age dynamics between those characters. I mean, it's definitely there. It didn't bug me like in a crazy way, but maybe that's because it's played so like it's played like it's not an issue almost like in a really oh. strange I don't know well, I mean, it almost gives you the permission to like be invested in it because it's like it doesn't have a specific lens on it other than just like this is what's happening Ben um one of your party tricks which is my favorite of your party tricks is related to you memorizing that book you had as a child clearly it's that you can name the winner of multiple different categories of the Oscars on any given year, starting in the sixties. And so I want yeah, to, play I a can't quick... remember. I can't remember before. So like 60s. if I said honorary award, you probably wouldn't get that. But if I said best actor, best actress, best film, I'm sorry, best picture. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. <laughs> film. Um, so we're just going to play a quick little game where we just test your knowledge. And I want to see how good you are. This one I think is going to be easy for you. Okay. The first one. So 1966 is the year. And what do you want me to say? Best picture? Who won the best picture? The Man for All Seasons. No! No, no, no. I think what you might be looking at is 1966 ceremony on the year of the film in 1965. Oh my God, you're right. I do it. Oh my God, shit. No, you're right. Wait, so Ben, wait, so sorry. So this movie won in 1960. Like this year is the 2021 year. You know what I mean? Even though it's right. I'm so sorry. So this is the 38th Academy Award. You have to keep all this in because I like that we're explaining this technicality. Yes, no, no, because I want that. It's an important technicality. Okay. (laughs) No, that I didn't even realize. So Uh the awards took place in 1996. Sorry, 1966, but they are honoring the films of 1965. Of 1965. So, so that year, Sound of Music. Won. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Okay. Wow. I'm so glad that we covered. So, uh, that small detail, geez. Okay. Well done. So, Ben, you are correct. Um, do you know who won Best Actress that year? Yes. It was not Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music, it was Julie Christie in Darling. Oh my God, I'm shook. Yeah. Wow. Okay, <laughs> let's jump up a decade. Let's go to- Pretty the, nerdy, guys. <laughs> the, uh, this is- this is Hey, it's shit. a good trick. This is what happens when you go to an all boys school in your day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is the 45th Academy Awards taking place in 1973, honoring the movies of 1972. The Godfather. Oh my God. I'm picking these years that are so easy. Yes. The Godfather. Do you know who won best directing that year? Not Francis Ford Coppola. It was Bob Fosse for Cabaret. Yes. I'm so impressed. It's just like one of those random, everyone's like, oh, that was a bad choice. But I'm like, I stand it to be honest. Cabaret is a good film. (laughs) Yeah. That is so funny. Okay. The 52nd Academy Awards the year 1980, honoring 1979. Mm. Okay. Kramer versus Kramer won Best Picture. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You, damn. Ben, you are so good at this. Do you know who won Best Actress that year? Yeah. Sally Field, Norma Ray. Yes. Wow. Damn. Which was okay. not the year that she later, she won again in 84. And that was the speech where she famously says, like, I can't deny the fact that you like me. You really, really like me. Oh. Oh, wow. yeah, there she yeah. is for Places mm-hmm. in the Heart. 
Yeah, correct. Well, so you know what happened that year for her, but do you know who won um, best, where, where do I find it? Best, um, okay, best actor that year? Yeah, that was F. Murray Abraham and Amadeus. Yes. Wow. Oh, that was. I did. I did that play in college. Um. Let's just do one more year. Let's do the year of our birth, Ben. Nineteen ninety four, honoring nineteen ninety three, or should we do nineteen ninety five, honoring nineteen ninety four? Preference. Ooh, I I can do both. Let's do both. Ninety four, honoring ninety three, was Schindler's List. Yes. Picture, and then Forrest Gump won the following year. Jesus Christ! Wait, do you know who won? Oh, but do you know who won Best Actor in for 1994 to 1993? Uh-huh. Uh, well, interestingly, uh, interestingly enough, Tom Hanks won both of those years. Yes, he that's won why for Philadelphia I... first and Forrest Gump second. That's yeah. why I asked because you said Forrest Gump, and I scrolled down and I said, "But Tom Hanks won this year for yeah. Philadelphia." Wow, <laughs> Ben, thank you so much for indulging me. This is one of my favorite little bits about you. I find it so impressive. Yeah, that was impressive <laughs> for sure. Thank you. Thank you. I promise no notes. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any notable snubs of this year that you felt were tragically overlooked? Yeah. And do you think that the ones that are everyone thinks are notable are notable? And do you have ones that you think are actually more notable? This is tough. This is very tough. So, um, okay. I think the LGBTQ community might kill me for this. So Lady Gaga was snubbed, obviously, for Best mm-hmm. Actress. She had shown up everywhere in that she's the only actress in the field this year who had shown up at every major important award beforehand as a nominee. And then she was left off the list on Oscar nomination morning. Um, I will say that this year is a very competitive Best Actress field. Like usually it's like down to like six or seven and you know which five it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But this year it was like nine ladies. And I just really felt like um, I didn't feel, I was surprised, but I wasn't heartbroken because Penelope Cruz got in for Parallel Mothers, which is a great, great mm-hmm. film. Um, and Kristen Stewart got in for Spencer. And you know, like Twitter would also have like gotten really upset if Kristen Stewart got snubbed off. Do, so, you you know. do you think it's about, I, okay, I'm an asshole. I thought her Spencer portrayal I felt like for Kristen Stewart, very well done. Now, compared to other actresses, it was uh, it was okay. I feel like, okay, so um, this is also really like a complicated conversation because I feel like Diana has had this like resurgence since like in the last couple of years. Yeah, so what happened? Did her life rights come up or something? Like what? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like the crown, there's Diana the musical. Yeah, like we're- we are on Diana overkill right now. And yes. I think we just need to like, let her like. We should let her die. Ben, yeah. I'm just let okay. her enjoy um, the afterlife a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. I think so. So I had trouble with that film as well. I think it was really a little too much of an experiment mm-hmm. and ra- rather than it's for people who don't know, it's like, it's a, it's not a by the books biopic. It's a very sort of, uh, three days in the life of Diana, but not meant to be realistic at all. And I think oh, I, I didn't know trouble. it wasn't meant to be realistic. I knew that it was just like a set, like a weekend. 
but it's I didn't very know. sort of yeah. cerebral and she's sort of kind of wandering the halls through most of the film. It's like, not, it's a very strange film. And I had a lot of trouble with the movie. I didn't have trouble with her necessarily. I just wanted her to get nominated because I feel like she like had been doing, she'd been doing all the interviews. She'd been like, and then she'd just gotten, she was the front runner for like a long time. And then she got snubbed by a couple precursor awards mm. and Twitter went crazy. And uh, I actually think that helped her get the nomination in the end because like she the was Oscars on people's like, minds. Yeah, that's a good point. We can't yeah. upset Twitter, not again. Um, <laughs> not but one thing this. I will say about snubs that I really was sad about was uh, Ruth Nega is in a movie called yes, Passing. That yeah. movie was amazing and they're nowhere on here at all. No, I was, and, what the yeah. fuck is going on there? I was like, did the director, did she? say something to the wrong person because I nothing got I nominated I and that movie was so beautiful it was so well done i loved it and it, it's it's um i think what happened was that unfortunately somehow the only person that was getting traction for it was ruth nega in best supporting actress and i think when your film when you're like carrying the film to a nomination and it's not being really considered or taken seriously mm. in other categories although it should have um I think it becomes really hard to to get that nomination unless you're like really famous. Was she nominated a few years ago or was she in a big movie a few years ago? I remember the name. She was when we were in college. She was in Loving. Oh, um, right. Which we had right, to watch in a screenwriting right. class, if you remember, Courtney. Did we? I don't <laughs> or remember. Or we watched the beginning that. or something. Maybe we watched. Oh, we the definitely beginning. watched the beginning. I don't think we watched the yes. whole one. I remember we watched, what was it? Hollywood Cowboy. Was it, what's that one? Midnight Cowboy. Midnight, Midnight <laughs> Cowboy. <laughs> I was like, is that a porn? It was, I literally got up 1969 to pee. 1969 best right, picture, by the way. I got up to pee right when the I'm walking here line happened. So I missed I the know. one iconic line. And I was doing what Ben loves, which is I was having my ADHD where I like can't sit still and I get up to go like do all the things I think about. There are a couple people that uh, that have tr that I have trouble sitting through movies with, and Courtney Doyle is one of them. <laughs> Put your phone down. Stop going to the bathroom. <laughs> but you do that. I remember we were watching Room. Do you remember this? Well, I was about to say Room. I remember watching Room with us and all of our friends. I remember some people talking through the whole movie, but yes. I don't think it was me. It was wasn't me? you. No, no, you got mad too. Someone was um, who shall remain nameless was um like thumping their chest and Courtney was like I'm sorry can you not <laughs> like just exploded so I can understand having a nervous or anxiety tick but talking through yeah, it but this person on. would do it even when they weren't anxious oh. no that was it was the same just, thing it was like a it constant like, oh. this person did odd things with their body in public <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're a listener. That's an amazing description. <laughs> so what other snubs? What 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 are what are all your opinions of the nominations? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the, the number one thing I'll say is that you know, I I'm I'm always oh I'm really sad that Tick Tick Boom didn't get a best picture nomination. Oh, yeah, I but thought it that got that nominated a, for other things too, right? Because I it love did, it did. Tick, Andrew Tick, Garfield. Boom. Andrew Garfield got in, it got an editing nomination for people who care about that, but I actually thought that was very well deserved. I, I thought it had a shot and I think a lot of people had been predicting it. Um, but what did get in that was really interesting is Drive My Car, which is this um, film from Japan. Um, it's a three hour tragedy about grief 
and Chekhov and it's very, uh, very introspective and a strange film to show up uh, in a Best Picture race. I actually think it's weird. There are a lot of people that I think make unfair comparisons between that and Parasite. I was just about to, because I was about to be like, is it like Parasite? That's right, probably because it's think, from, there are two like foreign that, films in, right, but not, from yeah. totally different countries. And yeah, two different di- countries. Like, Parasite a, has a lot on of a huge mainstream. continent. <laughs> right. Yeah. Parasite has a lot of mainstream appeal. It's like a genre film and it's very exciting. Also, and, it's not about grief. Cars, it's like a thriller. <laughs> Drive My Car is really very, very good. And I was really like pleasantly mm-hmm. surprised and I knew it was in consideration. I didn't think it was going to get in just because, like I said, it's this long three hour film that's like not, very well seen and mm. but uh the people who have who have seen it really really love it and i think how do i watch is it on a streaming there. service right now or uh, i don't think I don't it know is if it's yeah I think we it's were we were theaters. looking because we're we're looking to watch that one and the worst the worst person in the world oh, yes that is my favorite movie of the year is that the one <laughs> wait okay, hold on who is worst in the person worst in the world? Person? I've definitely bothered you about. Courtney. Yes, I know because that, is that the one you saw with your father? Or no, you saw no, Parallel I saw Mothers Parallel Mothers with your father. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Wait, is the worst person in the world? Does that have Olivia Coleman? No, that's no, the lost that's daughter. the lost daughter. Although right. her character could also be called the worst person. <laughs> my, my mom, my mom was like, Courtney, have you heard of the movie, um, The Lost Daughter? And I was like, Oh yeah, Ben's told me about it. And she's like, Well, you know. I love Olivia Coleman, but I did not love that movie. And I thought it was very it's funny. Wait, very so- weird. I like that movie too, but it, it's a it's a tough watch for people yeah. who aren't prepared for so- a film like that. Okay. The worst person I in the agree. world you've definitely told me about because mm-hmm. I also don't know how to watch it. But it's, who is uh, in it? It will is- be available soon. It's this okay. actress named Renana Reinspa. And um, it's just, it's a film from Norway. And it um, it did make it in outside of just Best International Film, but it made it into uh, Best Original Screenplay. That was another surprise that I was really happy Oh, amazing. Because um, you don't see that very often. I think one good thing, I mean, we talk about Oscars So White and a lot of that stuff, which is very valid. One good thing that I think is true about the Academy Awards is like, uh, there's been a lot of love for international films this year, making yeah. it outside of just the best foreign film category. And that's, you know, credit where credit is due. That's very interesting and different yeah. and exciting. Who do you think, if if you were hosting the awards, who would you give the like top awards to? Do we, do we want to go uh, category by category? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Best actor in a leading role. The nominees are... Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard. My mom loved that one, by the way. Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. My personal pick would be Andrew Garfield, but Mm -hmm. I think that... It's Will Smith's year. I think. Do you think Will Smith's yeah. gonna win? I know he's been like really racing yeah. to the finish for this one. I think he he wants it, but 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 in not in a way like I think he's been very intentional about his campaign. He like was really big when the film was getting released. Mm-hmm. Went away, calmed down. Like there's a thing about Overkill too. Like I totally. also think that hurt Gaga in her mm-hmm. nomination, where it was like yeah. she was showing up and doing all these interviews. He gets drunk on fake alcohol. <laughs> I think it turned. Do we know about that clip? That is an amazing clip. She like did. I don't think so. Oh, she did some roundtable. It's amazing. She just they're talking about um, how you know acting drunk in a film 
And she just goes, does anyone else drink the prop drinks and then just like actually feel drunk? And, that, <laughs> and it just goes silent. <laughs> and I think that that was the whole campaign and the snub in like a moment. Like that oh. was the whole, you know. Anyway, best actor, I think it's Will Smith. What do I, uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think it'll be Will Smith. I think that's the whole reason why he went into that project yeah. was to get his Oscar. I would vote for Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm. I don't normally like him as an actor. I mean, mm. I'm always like, I feel like he's kind of a weird wet noodle, but I love the power of the dog so much. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen the power of the dog though. Ben has told me that I would like it. I just need it to, is, I have to go I think in it's with the, the right best mindset. picture of the year. It is. I think it's, it's going to win the big yeah. one. I keep telling everyone that they have to watch. Okay. Okay. I'll yeah. watch it. I'll it's, add that to my list of, it's so watch. dark oh, and it's so good. And it, it can see, I think it can seem a little long. Cause I watched it with my partner who was like, what's happening now? And there's a lot of subtle stuff that's going on to build up the story, but it is hmm. such a great payoff at the end. It's a great rewatch. When I watched it the second time, I was like, oh, wow. Like this movie, like it's full of great detail. Let's move on to best actor in a supporting role. The nominees are Kieran Hines for Belfast, Troy Kotzer for Coda. Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee for The Power of the Dog. Oh, that's always a good sign when two actors from the same movie get nominated for the same category. Yeah, they love that you also movie. Would think, yeah, you also would think that sometimes what happens is there's vote splitting where like that helps oh. actually like someone from another movie win. Um, but I do oh. think that Cody Smith McPhee, who plays this, um, uh, he, he's just this young actor and like, you just can't keep your eyes off of him in that movie. And I think he's just really, really compelling and will probably win. I'm, I'm allowed to change my opinions before. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Sorry. Out. I should have, I should have put a, a disclaimer. This is non-binding. What he says yes. now may not be the same in a few weeks on the exactly. day of the actual awards. So no everyone one who's listening must sign an NDA. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish. Best actress in a leading role. The nominees are Jessica Chastain, the eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, the lost daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman, Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart Spencer. Benny, who so, do you think? My favorite actress of all time since I was 10 is Nicole Kidman. So like I am on, I, I'm on the Nicole Kidman train. I know it's a divisive film. I think it's going to happen actually because Gaga's gone. Um, and that was the only other person that was like showing up a lot of of, of the time. Never discount Olivia Coleman though, because she won surprisingly a few years ago, deservedly so, but she um, upset uh, when Glenn Close was supposed to win. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> always a bridesmaid. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I think it's between the two of them. Mm, you don't think guess. Penelope Cruz, because I know you loved Parallel Mothers. I love that performance. I think, I think, the nomination is the reward. It's one of those things where I don't, I can't imagine an entire voting body being like having seen mm. that film, unfortunately. It's an honor but, just to be nominated. Yeah, but I love, I love that film and I love that performance. Yeah, I think this one's a tough one because um, I mean, you've got, you like, we we're familiar with Penelope Cruz and Nicole Kidman, Jessica Chastain, but 
And I, I, I was not a fan of the, the eyes of Tammy Faye. I felt like was a scam oh, movie. Don't worry, you are in a safe space right now. <laughs> I, I was. I was about upset to say I haven't even that. heard of this one when I. I, I was like, now. I hope we do fuck Mary Kill in this category because it's very <laughs> obvious. Oh, for we me. definitely can. We oh, definitely can. <laughs> like I'm probably more infuriated about the eyes of Tammy Faye than I am Spencer. Like I was upset about Spencer, but. At least like with that, there was a lot of work to tell the story and the eyes of Tammy Faye just fell so fucking flat. It was just like, maybe it's just, I wonder if it's that I didn't, I don't know or care about tele-evangelists. Like, I just don't care about that history. I do. I will say I love Righteous Gemstones. Yeah. I love Righteous Gemstones. I grew up with a um, a very interesting grandmother who watched a lot of televangelism. And I also watched the surreal life when Tammy Faye was on it. So like, I was very okay, like excited so you, and about it was still, and it was still bad. Okay. Terrible because they so didn't just- explore any of it. It was just like, it was almost like, um, the family made the film because it was mm. so, here are the things that happened. And these are all things you could have read in a Wikipedia search. And they didn't really give you more of a view of Tammy Faye to make her feel like a real rounded character. So Mm -hmm. it's just, you're almost like, like, why, why did you make this? Yeah. If you weren't going to add any depth to like the story. It felt very also, I think um, in trying to, you could tell they were trying to be nuanced about her. But I actually felt that it was so not nuanced about her because it felt like it was like she was just around a lot of bad people and she just like kind of went sailing through and maybe she wasn't guilty of anything. I'm not accusing her of anything, but I I do feel like, um, yeah, I just felt like it was it almost portrayed her actually, if anything, as just ignorant. Yeah. Of of the people around her. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that was the intent. And I, yeah, so I feel like they really missed the mark. And I, I love Jessica Chastain and I love that mini series that she did, uh, mm-hmm. the marriage. No, not, I almost scenes called from it a marriage. marriage story. Yes. Scenes from a marriage. Yeah. 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 Um, so this, I think this category is tough. I really did like Olivia out of all of these performances. I would say Olivia Coleman is one that stands out to me, mm. but probably not the one who's going to win. And I only think that because she just recently won. I don't know if she's, they're going to yeah. like spread so the love that she's going to get. It's also a tough movie one. to it's, it's a very like a, the lost daughter is a, is almost more of an experimental movie than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like it's very, uh, it's, it, it's audience reception. Actually it's critical reception is really strong. It's audience reception. is actually very mixed. Which is, mm, I yeah. think your mom is case in point, Courtney. Andrea. <laughs> I think that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think people yeah. wanted a clear villain in The Lost Daughter. And it's such a weird, complicated film about motherhood. It was just mm-hmm. like, this is, a, is not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I yeah, yeah. really want to watch that one, actually. <laughs> you that should. sounds you like should. right it's, up my you alley. Would like it. Yeah. I do love things where there's not like a clear, vi- where it's like very nuanced in how you feel about the character mm-hmm. it says a lot like, i get why she did that mm, also not great but i get it or whatever i, I don't I even feel know. like it also says like what you like if you watch it with another person i feel like you could see what they think about their own mother by the way they respond <laughs> um okay actress in a supporting role the nominees are 
Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose, West Side Story, Judy Dench, Queen for Belfast, <laughs> Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and Anjanou Ellis for King Richard. I was so happy to see Jesse Buckley nominated, even though The Lost Daughter is a very um, like <laughs> divisive film. She was, I felt like the unsung hero of that movie. And yeah. I was so, and I, well, I don't think she was like expected to be nominated actually. And that was mm. really nice to see. I think the winner's probably going to be Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. I think so too. Um, yeah. She's just I, been getting not, so much like praise. I mean, I thought she I'm was amazing, the, but she just seems to be everywhere right now. Yes. She, she hosted SNL and, mm -hmm. you know, she's been doing all the things. I'm not the biggest West Side Story fan. I didn't dislike the movie, but I didn't love it. But I will say that she's very good. I, I just personally, like, I love Kirsten Dunst and I feel like she's been working for so long. And this is her first Oscar nomination. Whoa, really? Right. I heard and that on like, the radio the other day. It's like, what? Um, yeah. So I'm like Team Kirsten, but. I feel like she might get it talented. just because. Like, that's something we see in the Academy Awards a lot, right? It's like, not for Glenn. <laughs> yeah, not for Glenn. Yeah. Poor Glenn. But mm. people will win after being snubbed several times for a movie yeah. where you're like, this wasn't the one I would have gave her the award right, for. But it's more right. of like that the principle. It's like yeah. the honor of, yeah. Right. Even to circle back to Nicole Kidman, I mean, who I've seen like everything she's ever done, like the movie she won her first Oscar for, because this probably will be her second, um, was The Hours. And I love her in that movie, but I wouldn't call that her best performance. I, mm -hmm. you know, I, I would be like, why didn't she win for Moulin Rouge or something like that? And that happens yeah. all the time. Here are the nominees for best picture. Do the it. nominees are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up. Yikes. I didn't know that got in there. I know. Who is he sleeping with Adam McKay to get his movie? I think I think it's that he has been so vocal on Twitter about how if you don't like my movie, you hate climate change, that that just scares like, oh. people. And oh, I'm like, no, I, I think I can believe in climate change and think your movie is trash. Yeah. Thank you. Um, agreed. <laughs> Talk uh, about waste. Am I right? Oh. Um, <laughs> um, drive my car. Dune. King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Ben, if you could only award one, who would you give it to? It would be Power of the Dog. I mean, not to beat a dead horse or whatever the expression is, but it's uh, it's the uh, it's the best out of these ten, no question. For my, in my opinion, I think the only thing holding it back is maybe the fact that it is a slow burn of a movie, and it's mm -hmm. not. You know, it's not Dune. It's not as like, quote unquote, exciting or crowd pleasing as King Richard. It's a very dark film. Mm -hmm. um, but I do I do think like it got 12 nominations. It got it over. It was expected to get a lot, but it really overperformed. I think it's a shoe in. I hope you're right. I love that movie so much. It's a good one. I want to watch it again. Like this conversation has made me just want to see it again. Yeah. You've already seen it twice. Wow. Yeah, I've been yeah. thinking about rewatching it. And I'm like, you don't really have an excuse now other than yeah. to watch Drive My Car. <laughs> oh, I really do want to watch Drive My Car after. It's good. It's it. good. But you got to be in the right mood. But it is very good. <laughs> um, well, since I haven't seen a lot of these, I think Fuck, Mary Kill. I think, Bridget, you should host it and you should just maybe do the same categories. But I want to hear your all's opinions. 
Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. I mine would just be I might weigh in, but it would be based on no evidence. So. Okay. Okay. So actor in a leading role, fuck Mary Kill edition. Um, let's do Denzel Washington, Will Smith, and Andrew Garfield. Oh, this is hard, guys. Because I love Andrew Garfield. I guess. Ooh, this is, I mean, ooh, fuck Andrew Garfield, Mary Denzel, kill Will. Ooh. Yeah. I don't mean to kill Will. I just feel like I love Andrew Garfield and Denzel Washington's body of work, maybe ever so slightly more. Yeah. And their faces. In their bodies. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. their bodies of body. <laughs> yeah. What would you do, Courtney? Oh. Well, well, I mean, again, it would it would be based on not seeing the movies, but if we were doing, yeah, faces, I think I think we can do it without. Yeah, I think okay, I think I would you definitely, I would definitely fuck Andrew Garfield because his performance in Tick Tick Boom. Okay, I have seen Tick Tick Boom, was so hot. Sensitive to me. lover. Right? I turned yeah. I turned to my boyfriend, who for anyone who doesn't know does play piano and sing. During the very first scene when he is playing piano and singing, I turned to my boyfriend and say, "That is so." hot and he turns <laughs> me and says when i do it you tell me to stop <laughs> oh boy i was like ay, ay, ay. so i would definitely fuck andrew garfield i would marry will smith and i would kill denzel washington okay wow so i would this is not gonna be a c- crowd pleaser answer i would kill andrew garfield i have never seen him in anything that i thought in fact, I forget a lot of times who he is and then look up his picture and go, oh, yeah, it's that guy. <laughs> I'm not an Andrew Garfield person at all. I would wow. marry Will Smith. I like his stance on marriage. I like what he's got going on. I like the mm, open yeah. marriage. I like the money. I'm open to that. Denzel Washington. I mean, how could you not fuck Denzel Washington? OK, let's do Nicole Kidman, Penelope Cruz and Olivia Coleman. Oh, oh, that's good for Ooh. Ben. That's really Ooh, hard. I love all those <laughs> ladies so much. Um, okay, 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 okay. Well, Nicole Kidman is my woman, so Mary, Mary, fuck Nicole, because she'd be great. Um, you know, she and Keith like still have amazing sex. Oh, so, like, yeah. go to her Instagram totally. and you can just tell. And I think I have to marry, I think I have to marry Olivia Coleman because she'd be so great to have around. Mm-hmm. And I only want to, ki- I mean, I, I can't believe I'm killing Penelope Cruz, but she's like so hot. I mean, she's like one of the hottest people alive. I just feel like I don't like see her that often in movies. Yeah. Anymore. So you wouldn't miss her that I much. Just, I don't think I would have done the exact yeah. same thing. I, I would marry Olivia because she seems like a fun partner. Mm-hmm. Nicole is hot. Um, and she's talented and that often gets me in the sack. And then Penelope Cruz, I also don't care one way or the other. Sorry, Penelope. So, okay. So I agree with Olivia Coleman, marry her. She's tried and true. She's stable. She's Mm -hmm. been around forever. Consistent. Great, great work throughout her whole career. Penelope Cruz. Yeah, I would fuck her. I think she she's definitely have always been like a crush of mine. I've always been like that is one of the hottest women ever. Nicole Kidman. I could kill her. I also think. She's kind of like. I This could be controversial, I know, but mm-hmm. I don't think 
she's maybe aged as gracefully. Like you could tell she's had the well, work it's, done. It's, it, and... it, it has not been natural. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> and so that there's been times <laughs> where <laughs> I've seen her on something and I'm like, did she have a stroke? What is, <laughs> what is happening with that mouth? Just America's finest actress and Australians. So I could, I could, I could kill her. It's okay. It's fine. Everyone. I respect, I respect your, I respect your opinion. And then should we do it for best picture? I feel like that oh, makes sense. I was going to say oh, that's good. director, but. Oh, we could also Ooh, do director. Yeah. We haven't talked we about director. Let's do director. Yeah. So all of the nominees before we choose three of them are Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Ryosuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Let's do Fuck Mary Kill because I kind of want to. I want to pick that Kenneth guy. Mm, um, Kenneth Branagh. Uh, so let's pick him. Let's pick mm-hmm. uh, P.T. Anderson. For a third, let's do Steven Spielberg because I feel like he's everybody's favorite Jewish uh, uncle. Yeah. <laughs> Think Mary Steven, kind of for the same reasons as Olivia Coleman, like consistently good, mm-hmm. it's always there. Fuck Sir Kenneth Branagh only because he's a sir. And, and I'll kill Paul Thomas Anderson just because I feel like I feel like sex with Paul Thomas Anderson has got to be weird. And I don't want to marry someone who writes about what he writes about, even if I enjoy the films. What do you think, Courtney? I mean, I feel like it's, I think that's the right answer. Um, or I don't know, maybe I'd marry Kenneth because he's a sir. But but Spielberg has so much money. I think, no, I, think I would marry right Spielberg. Answer. I don't know. Maybe I would, maybe I would kill sir. And maybe I would fuck Paul just just to feel the experience. Just see what it's like. Just to I, see what I it's like. That. You know, I'm, once I'm between do something freaky once. I'm between both of these answers because uh-huh. the I feel like we should kill Paul because if you've heard stories about what it's like to date him, they're kind of terrifying. Yeah, like, did Fiona you hear about Apple, the right? Fiona Apple yeah. one? Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm team Fiona Apple any day. She like did coke with him. And Tarantino and Tarantino. That's right. Oh, my God. Wow. This is a throwback. And and P.T. Anderson, like, lost his shit and allegedly, I think he was, like, kind of violent to date or something. Like, I feel like he broke a chair or something weird. So for, like, that reason, I feel like I have to kill him. Yeah, just for the safety of yourself and everyone around. But on the other hand, he's married to um, Maya... Uh, Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah. And so really? it's like, yes. So it's like, I love her so much. And so I'm like, what is going on there? Maybe I should fuck him and find out. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the Spielberg one is the safe the one to marry because with Spielberg, he's worth so much money that even if you divorce, you're still getting like paid out. Yeah, priorities, ladies. Like, yeah, yeah that's right. We got it. Got to secure the bag, baby. Bag mm-hmm. before love. <laughs> Avi. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining us for this very special episode where we oh, covered yeah, the Oh yeah, that was a lot of fun. 
This was so much fun. Thank you for having, I could talk about this stuff all day. <laughs> and well, maybe we can have part two after the awards happen and we can have a, a, a little recap. Fingers crossed they go our way. Well, Ben, where can our lovely listeners find you? I contribute sketches to um, something called Puppet Regime, which is uh, kind of a political satire segment on PBS. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ben Weiss one uh, Wow, I almost spelled one with a W. O-N-E. Bridget, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bridget underscore second. How about you, Courtney? You can find me on Instagram at C underscore Doisy. And you can find me on Twitter at The Real Doisy. And you can find this podcast at The Gossier on Instagram and Twitter, all those platforms. In our link in our bio, you can find a place to submit gossip if you have any specific gossip that you want to submit. And we'll try to get to it if we deem it worthy. Uh, sign up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash The Gossier. And if you, you don't have the funds to support us at Patreon. You can also show your support by giving us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify and wherever else you get your podcast by giving us a review. It helps let people know that we're a real podcast. And Grace will be back next week. So if you missed her, um, don't fret. She'll be back. Until then, all I have to say is it's an honor to be nominated. It is. It really is. Thank you for having me, ladies. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.